So big question. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. That's a hard yes. No, nah, I'm all totally against it. Anyone who likes pineapple on pizza is an idiot. Pineapple does not go with pear. They're just ugh. <laughs> <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Alright, that <laughs> was <laughs> That was Two Headed Boy by Neutral Milk Hotel, widely regarded as one of the best songs of all time from one of the most widely regarded as the best record of all time. And today we're talking it's about what is... absolutely not true. But today we're talking about what is widely regarded as some of the worst movies of all time. The absolute worst movies. My name is Morgan and I am joined, as always, by a couple of B-movie connoisseurs, Lachlan. Bonjour. And Bradley. Hello. How are we tonight, guys? Ready to unload on some horrible movies? Oh, I am... <laughs> I'm upset that we had to do this episode because... Oh, really? Uh, the, the fact that I had to watch the movie that I watched just hurts me inside. I've really I've really been enjoying this uh, this week of research myself. What about you, Brad? Fucking pear, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over it. Uh, yes, I, I love the movie that we chose. Uh, I've chosen, so um, it's terrible, but in all the right ways. Yeah, we've uh, we've both had a lot of fun, so deal with mm. the welcome. Um, all right, so truly bad movies are just as rare as truly great movies. After all, if a film passes the development stage, secures funding, starts shooting, finishes shooting, and then actually goes through editing, then it can't be that bad, surely. There were so many opportunities to pull the plug and recognize the movie for the total crap fest it would become, so surely... Certainly, undoubtedly, if a movie is made and released, it can't be that bad. Well, just like sometimes the stars align to give us true masterpieces like The Godfather, Braveheart, and The Hot Chick, the stars sometimes <laughs> the stars are sometimes also so unaligned that they end up giving us some absolute piles of dog shit, and we're going to talk about them today. Uh, Yay. In a documentary about the movie I'll be speaking about, Troll 2, one fan said something very important. Bad food is bad, bad books are bad, but bad movies can be good. If a movie is so poorly made, it can actually be enjoyable. It can be so offensive to everything that makes a movie watchable and good that the absurdity of it just takes hold of you and you start enjoying it. Some movies, on the other hand, can be so bad that they are actually just bad. They are so unwatchable that they are actually unwatchable, and you can't bring yourself to watch it. So, we'll yeah, that's definitely the case for my movie. Yeah, we'll see which side of the fence our uh, our movies fall on. So, we're each going to talk about a bad movie. But before we get into it, Lachlan, do you want to crack open a cold one with the boys? It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. This week, uh, we got in a new beer at work, and as it is a new beer and I am the resident beer enthusiast at my store, uh, I get to take one for free and try it to increase my product knowledge. So, this week, I have a Bluey Ultra Crisp Lager. It is a mid-strength. It is, I don't know, from Australia somewhere, doesn't say. Uh, it's named after a, a dog who... <laughs> Uh, worked cattle and sheep for nearly 30 years. That's an old dog. That is an old working dog. Uh, so I think the last in- few years, the sheep and cattle would just be nice. <laughs> so, uh, in Bluey's memory, 
I'm going to pop this bitch. Rip in peace, Bluey. <laughs> Rip in peace. It's not great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Bluey's memory. <laughs> Sorry, Bluey. Oh, fuck. Get it right, Bluey. Um, all right, so I think I'll start tonight, if that's all right with you guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's get uh, into it. And I'm actually going to start this one with Morgan's movie review. Might be mm. the first, the earliest we've ever done it. Morgan. 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 Morgan's movie review. Troll 2 1990 is a hot flaming pile of garbage. It is a terrible film made terribly by a terrible director with terrible actors. The plot is shit and confusing. The special effects are crude and disturbing. The music sucks ass, and it has has absolutely nothing to do with Troll 1. In this sense, it actively tries to deceive people into watching it and spits in the face of everybody who did see Troll 1. Which was no Braveheart, but in comparison, it looks like fucking Citizen Kane. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Troll 2 is an offense to all other movies ever made. God damn this movie and the people responsible for it. If they stopped 9-11 from happening, then they'd be about halfway to making up for this burning bag of dog shit that they call the movie. (laughs) Wow. Holy shit. Troll 2 does not include any trolls. A young boy named Joshua- (laughs) Okay, that's outrageous. (laughs) Is haunted by dreams of terrible goblins, not trolls, goblins. Mostly because his dead grandpa Uh, keeps spooking him- I think that's semantics, though. Trolls and goblins. You'll see. see. Mostly because his dead grandpa keeps spooking him with goblin stories. Yes, he is in communication with his dead grandpa throughout the film. The movie does a one month, uh, the family does a one month house swap with a family from a small town named Nilbog, which is goblin goblin spelled backwards because subtlety is death. (laughs) While there, a bunch of goblins disguised as humans. Keep trying to make them eat green food, which will turn them into a green mush that the goblins can eat. It is billed as a horror slash comedy, and I'll admit that I was genuinely disturbed, and I did laugh out loud a few times. But I was not disturbed by the scenes that were meant to be disturbing, and I did not laugh at the scenes that were meant to be funny. I'm tempted to give it a 1 out of 10, and I'm going to give in to that temptation 1 out of 10. <laughs> so, uh, uh, didn't enjoy it too much, Morgs? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I've now watched it twice, uh, and I've also listened to a podcast where the people talked while watching the movie, so I've heard the movie three times. You know, watched it twice, heard it an extra time. Um, uh, the shit we subject ourselves to for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit that the second time watching it, considering I wasn't paying full attention to it, it was kind of funny, and, you know, it, I, I was enjoying it. But the first time, I was just, you know, sitting on the couch, asked myself... Watching this movie and just going like, oh, God, this sucks. This is really bad. It was really, really bad. <laughs> and you say, like, when you say it's like, fair enough, it's it's um, goblins instead of trolls. But Yeah, goblins the, and trolls, they're the same thing, really. The movie is called Troll 2. The word troll is never said. It's always, always goblins. And oh, okay. the, f- the movie was filmed under the title Goblins. Um, <laughs> oh, and they renamed it Troll 2 to try and get people to... Think it was exactly. connected to the first one? Exactly. So, this this movie was actually made by an Italian film director, uh, an Italian director named Claudio Fragasso. And uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to come to America and shoot films for cheap 
because filming movies was really expensive in Italy. Apparently, it had all mm-hmm. these union problems and the government involved in everything when they're making movies. So, it yeah. just got too expensive. So, we'd fly out to America, make movies on the cheap with American actors, like mm-hmm. amateur actors. And it didn't really matter what they said, you know, in terms of being grammatically correct and everything, because it was going to be dubbed in Italian anyway. It was uh-huh. never- it was it was not meant for an American audience. And then this film company picked it up to distribute in the United States and they said, well, no one's going to watch this movie because it sucks. But if we <laughs> trick them into thinking it's a sequel to Troll, which was moderately <laughs> successful, <laughs> then they, they might watch it. So, it went direct to video and they oh, called it no. Troll 2. And the picture on the front is like a silhouette of a troll. Mm. Not a goblin, not the sort of actual creatures that were in the movie. <laughs> it was a silhouette of something different, and there was a boy in his pajamas different to the boy in the movie. So it was just <laughs> a, a totally, it was like a total fake out. It was like, you know, let's hope people pick this movie up thinking it's the sequel to Troll. Mm. Yeah, so it's <laughs> like if someone would have made a shitty homemade version of the Avengers and called it Avengers 7, and then just used the silhouettes of like Iron Man or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like- yeah, but actually, uh, it's the Justice League movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically um, the equivalent of Troll 2. <laughs> so, yeah, this this director, he filmed the movie in Utah, in America, and he brought out his own crew from Italy, and only one of them was fluent in English out of all the crew. <laughs> so, <laughs> th- there, was, there was like a language barrier between them. Um, they, the actor said they could never actually figure out what he wanted them to do, and he, he wrote the script in Italian, got it translated into English, and then they would say stuff to him like, this doesn't make sense in English, and he would make them read it verbatim. <laughs> so, this, this is a lesson uh, to everyone. This is a lesson uh, to anybody. If, you, if you're writing something in a different language, and somebody who is a native speaker of that language offers to correct it for free, you should probably <laughs> let them correct it. Did they- is that- is that- the movie with the guy with the glasses, he's like, they're eating her alive or yes. something like that. Yes, oh, that's the biggest meme scene from yeah. the movie, which is he's like, he's stuck in place and he's watching these goblins eat a woman. And he goes, oh, my God. He, no, he goes, they're eating her and then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Oh. <laughs> it's really, it's really, really oh, bad. That is some. Um, Top quality acting right there. Yeah. And the movie was written by Claudio Fragasso's wife. Um, and she wrote it because of a lot of a lot of her friends were becoming vegetarian, and that really pissed her off, in her words. So she, she wrote this movie as like a critique of vegetarianism. It's all the vegetarian goblins, propaganda. Yeah. But all the all the goblins were like turning people into plants and then eating them. So they're kind of eating meat. In a way, <laughs> they're killing people. But yeah, is she, is she calling vegetarians goblins? Because I'm all behind that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was like yeah. a sermon where the the priest in the town of Nilbog, which is goblins spelled backwards, he um, oh. he was saying how you know these disgusting people they eat sausages and they eat hamburgers and you know it makes them sick and stuff like that. And then one of the climactic scenes, because there's like five climactic scenes, but um, <laughs> at the end of the movie. One of the climactic scenes is the young boy, Joshua, defeating the trolls and the witch lady by pulling out a double-decker bologna sandwich and then freaking out. And, they, like, she actually says, think about the cholesterol. Think about the toxins. 
<laughs> oh my it's, god. It's really <laughs> um, <laughs> Defeated by a bologna sandwich. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, in, in terms of the poorly uh, written English, I'm just going to read. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to read something that the mother says to the son. Right after yeah. the opening scene of the movie is the grandpa reading a story about goblins to his grandson, but he reveals that it's not actually a fairy tale and that goblins do actually exist. Then the kid's mum walks in the room, and it turns out that the grandpa is dead and the boy is mental. So, <laughs> he's he's imagining that his grandpa's reading this story to him. And she says to him, Grandpa Seth has been gone for six months now. You were at the funeral, and I know it was very difficult for you. It was also very difficult for your father, and for Holly, and for me, his daughter. <laughs> Exposition. Uh, smashing it out. Yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's also, pretty good. How can you not love a movie with that kind of M Night Shyamalan ding dong <laughs> twist in it? <laughs> I see dead people. Yeah, I see dead people. Was the kid Haley Joel Osment? Or it was all well, an autistic kid's dream. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is that his his grandpa keeps visiting him throughout the movie in different ways. Like he'll just appear out of nowhere in physical form, <laughs> and then at one point a homeless man turns into his grandfather and then turns back into a homeless man. Then later, he ap- he appears in a mirror as a floating head, and then <laughs> he's never been a ghost before that, but all of a sudden now he's a floating head. And then he appears later uh, in physical form again and gives the son a Molotov cocktail. So, he's just like what? in and out <laughs> to burn the goblins it with makes, it, it makes sense in Italian, guys. Okay, trust me. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so, Jesus no. Christ. Um but the the casting of this movie was also great. Um, as I said, it was all amateur actors, and a um, a dentist just decided to go down and see if he could be an extra for the film. Just go to an open casting call. Uh, yeah. Never acted before in his life. He's a dentist, and he landed the uh, largest speaking role in the film <laughs> as the boy's father. <laughs> And uh, then how's them acting chops? And then there was a there was an actor who was literally in a mental hospital and went on day release uh, no. to these open casting calls, <laughs> and he was cast as the <laughs> the general the general store owner in Nilbog, and uh, yeah, he's oh, very wow, he's a very disturbing performance, and it's um, yeah, it's, it's got to be seen possibly the best performance of the movie. Would you say? Brad, you just fucking said performance. <laughs> Whatever. God damn it. It's been a while. Um, <sighs> so, there's there's a documentary which is made about this movie, and the documentary is called Best Worst Movie. It's about the the son in the movie. He's mm-hmm. The character's name's Joshua, but um, the actor's mm-hmm. name is Michael Stevenson, and he thought that he was going to be um, a big star from this. So, it's, it's made by that guy who's now grown up. He's looking back on his experience filming the movie- Talking to the cast and crew and investigating the uh, cult following. He realises now how terrible it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's investigating the cult following that the movie has accrued. And he describes that he thought he was going to become like a, the next big child actor. And he didn't get the movie until Christmas of 1991 or 1992, like a couple of years after it was filmed. And he put it in the DVD. Mm. He said he put it in the VHS player and all of oh, his like, acting dreams just disappeared in front of his face. <laughs> 
He was like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's so cruel. So even yeah. even at a young age, he knew, like, once he watched it, that it was total garbage. Oh, he knew it was just terrible. Yeah. Um, so in the in the documentary, he takes George Hardy, who who's the dentist, the guy who played the dad. He takes him around to mm-hmm. different screenings of the movie all over the country, and they catch mm-hmm. up with other actors from the movie. So like there there are screenings of this movie in you know big cities around America where they people go along and they have fun and you know act out scenes from the movie and watch it and you know play along with the scenes and stuff like that. It's like mm-hmm. a cult following sort of thing. So he goes to the yeah. the. Um, screenings and like the two of them the dentist and him are like these superstars that everyone wants a piece of um yeah and the climactic scene in the documentary is a special screening of troll 2 in morgan utah which is the town where they filmed the movie uh it was the that was um where most of the film was set it was nilbog in the movie which is goblin spelled backwards (laughs) thank you Thank you, you for reminding us. There's, there's literally a scene where the son is looking in a car's um, rear vision mirror and he sees, oh, like in the side mirror, and he sees the town name and he goes, Nilbog, <laughs> it's Goblin spelled backwards. <laughs> yeah. This is their kingdom. Not. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> oh, God. Why would they? <laughs> Why would the goblins have a town and name it Nilbog? Name it Goblin backwards. Why like, not? We don't, want it, we don't want them to know we're <laughs> goblins, but we want to put in a hint. If they're clever enough, they can figure it out. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they want savvy children to be able to figure it out. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, so I've, um, I've collated a list of what I call the meme scenes from this movie. These are the scenes <laughs> that people... Uh, people who go along to the screenings really enjoy uh, watch, uh, acting out and uh, mm-hmm. enjoy seeing on the big screen. So, as we've mentioned before, the one they're eating her and then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. There's that one. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. The other one is when uh, Joshua is trying to stop his family from eating some contaminated food that's going to turn them into um, goblin food. And mm-hmm. his grandpa, Seth, with the power of magic freezes time for 30 seconds so josh can come up with a plan because he's a ghost yeah i guess so (laughs) (laughs) the the best the best plan he can come up with is pissing all over the food so (laughs) hey if it works it's a good plan yeah exactly (laughs) so his dad carries him up the stairs in this new house that uh, they're, Uh they're staying in and the the people of the town have written their names on the doors to be nice, you know, this is where Holly's staying, this is where Josh is staying. And the father says okay. to him, do you know what this is? Do you know what this writing is? It's called hospitality. And then he throws him on the bed and he says to him, you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't piss on hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's, that's the scene that the, dialogue there. that's the scene that George Hardy and Michael Stevenson were acting out at every single um, screening mm. that they went to. Everyone <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> um, it was pretty great. And then Grandpa Seth has other magical powers as well. At one point, he makes the priest catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> the priest tries to send him to hell, so he just sets him on fire. Um, <laughs> Thanks, course. man. And the uh, there's a scene where the dad's running up the stairs and the mum shouts out his name and a goblin falls from the ceiling on top of him. And then, oh, no. Uh, 
the dad beats the goblin up and throws him down the stairs. And the goblins are all just <laughs> the goblins. Are, the goblins are all just literally midgets in potato sacks. <laughs> so he's just throwing a midget down the stairs. <laughs> like they've got they've got masks on and stuff, but they're just clearly yeah. dwarves. And he's yeah. just like uh. thrown one down the stairs, and there's clearly a person just being thrown down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know that they didn't make it like a body double or something like that. They just hurled oh, a downstairs. Yeah. No. yeah. Oh. And there's there's also one that I just saw um on my uh after my second watch through, I read about it, so then I found it in the third like I found it by watching it again. But um uh-huh. they're upstairs in the house and these goblins come out of one room and they escape by running to the other end of the hall. But at the other end of the hall is a goblin who wasn't supposed to be in oh, the no. scene and he sees them running and he just quickly ducks inside a room because he wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and they just didn't make they didn't reach through the scene. <laughs> <laughs> so basically they're cornered because there's a goblin at the end of the hall but he just like ducks oh, off like Jesus wasn't Christ. supposed to be there. So <laughs> nailed it. Um, Got a first take, boys. That's a do wrap. you know? Do you know if it was actually good in Italian? Like once it was dubbed over, was it any better? <laughs> oh no, I'm sure it wasn't. They're just like making movies as quick as they can. I'm, just, I'm sure the churning them out. I'm sure the um, script made a lot more. Oh well, not made more sense, but just sounded more natural. Yeah, because there were just so more many coherent. things in it. It was like listening to a robot who had been listening. To people speak English, and then had just like <laughs> written a movie script based on that, thinking like this is a really close approximation to how American people talk, but mm. it's not quite right. Yeah, and it's like, why didn't he let them fix the? Oh, I don't know. It was just really funny. So it's really it's like the uncanny valley of speaking, basically. Yeah, it's, it's really like it's close, but it's off. Yeah, it's it's really close, but it's just a little bit off. And the daughter yeah. is the absolute worst actor in the world. And um, she she can't say things with the correct intonations. I mean, Brad, you're going to talk about The Room later and talk about Tommy Wiseau and him <laughs> not being able to actually say a sentence with the stress on the correct syllable. Like, that's the daughter, but she's a native English speaker. It's just fucking weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just nah. makes shit really stilted when people can't emphasize the right parts of words. It's really quite funny. I enjoy it. Oh, it's, it's, there's something really weird and creepy about it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of stresses me out a bit. Um, <laughs> also, there's there's one scene where the priest, after the family has uh, left and they're all suspicious of him, the priest just says to everybody around him, we need some time for, th- for some things to happen. <laughs> I mean- <laughs> That's, if that isn't a poorly translated sentence, I don't know what it is. We need some time for some things to happen. Sounds like fantastic screenwriting. Uh, that is some serious Google Translate shit right there. Yeah. But they probably would have dubbed it in Italian and it sounded badass or something. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to like poorly translate something like idioms and stuff, just get lost <laughs> in that translation. And yeah. Oh, yeah. That, it just doesn't sound right. Yeah. It just sounds off. <laughs> All right, do you guys have any other uh, questions you want to ask about Troll 2? As a Troll 2 expert, I'll answer them all. Well, I do, do, do you know what the Italian release was called? Was it like Il Goblino or? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I Las it was just- Goblinas. <laughs> Las Goblinas. That was the I- Spanish release, man. <laughs> yeah, I assume it was called The Goblins, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Okay. I guess it would have to be. Um, what was your personal favourite part of it? 
um, the part that made me laugh the most. <laughs> the credits. Because the first, the, yeah, the first time I watched it, I didn't laugh that much because it was very creepy and very odd. And the whole thing was just a really weird experience. But mm. there was one scene that was just so ridiculous that I just burst out laughing. And the kid is spying on the priest giving a sermon. And that's when he's talking about how evil meat is and stuff like that. The kid's up in the roof watching down on this sermon and the kid's skateboard falls through the um, ceiling. <laughs> so, they all know he's up there now and you think they're going to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> you think they're going to, like, catch him and see him up there and go, hey, there's a kid and chase after him. But it just cuts back to the kid and then the priest grabs him by the face. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like he's- his whole hand, his whole hand just wraps around the front of this kid's face. Oh, it's so That's terrifying. Up. I was like, what the fuck? Take this, you little fucking shit. The other, thing that, the other thing that I liked was that there was um, two scenes where the son was trying to um, make the family do something. Uh, so, first time he was he was doing a seance to try to bring Grandpa Seth back, even though he'd come <laughs> unannounced all these other times in the movie, now they had to do a seance to get him back. And the other was when they had to place their hand on the uh, magic stone to defeat the trolls. But in both case, the son is leading his family and he keeps shouting at them, concentrate, you have to concentrate, concentrate harder. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, yeah, concentrate harder. Oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> the power is in concentration. The, the kid almost sounded like he had an Australian accent sometimes. He was, like, saying words like hoarder and toim. He kept saying toim oh, instead of time. Yeah, it's kind of I know, that's how I say toim. <laughs> <laughs> Noise. No, if, if it's an American accent, though, that's what, it's, that's what our accent sounds like to them. Throw another shrimp on the barbie, eh, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck uh, but the ki- the kid was very annoying, and I'm glad he didn't become a successful actor after that. He's no <laughs> Macaulay. He's no Macaulay Culkin, that's for sure. No, well, no Haley Joel that's a, Osment. That's a high bar. Yeah. Have you guys seen Haley Joel Osment now that I he's have. an adult? He's a fucking weird looking dude. Weird like, dude. Train wreck his, of a human his being. His face hasn't changed, but the rest of his body has just grown around it. So yeah. His face is too small for his head, and it's still like a child's face. Yeah. It's really weird. He's just got, like, extra face around his face. He seems he seems like a nice guy, but he's just a yeah. weird-looking dude. Doesn't he do a podcast now or something similar? Oh, I don't know. Everyone's got a fucking podcast, man. Yeah, I know. We, yeah. we throw Any out old things, so everyone's, everyone everyone's churning out this fucking garbage, you know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Brad as a Bad Person. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'll just I'll finish up with two fun facts about Troll, uh, Troll oh, Two, yeah. oh, fun and then facts. we'll get into it. So, fun fact number one is that um, they ran out of money before they could film a proper ending to this movie. No, <laughs> so they all went back to Italy and tried to figure out a way to end the movie because they'd run out of money, <laughs> and they decided that even though they had defeated the goblins and killed them all, they would get a nightmare sequence from earlier in the film that wasn't used and just put that at the end as if it wasn't a nightmare sequence, as if the goblins were now back. Oh. <laughs> Fix it in post. Oh. For no reason. They just defeated the goblins, and then they're just like, no the reason. Defeating, for no reason, they're leaving the goblins and they're is the ending. Well. They're leaving it open for a sequel. That's a good point. Or, and or there a was prequel, a, I guess. There was a sequel called Troll 3, which had nothing to do with Troll. Or Troll 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was one. Yeah, it Someone was. Someone undercut Troll Fuck 2. Off. Beat him at their own game. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And the second fun fact is that the movie is the unofficial sequel to Troll 1. Nothing to do with Troll Mm -hmm. 1. Very, very few overlapping ideas. But apart from that, totally different, totally separate. Nothing to do with each other. But Troll 1, the main character in Troll 1 was named Wendy. And her brother was named Harry. Now, Wendy's last name was Potter. So, her brother's name was Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Uh, And his name was actually Harry Potter Jr. because his father was Harry Potter Sr. So, before Harry Potter was made, there was a moderately successful film in the 80s (laughs) called Harry Potter, uh, called uh, Troll, with two characters called Harry Potter in it. There you go. (laughs) And I think they tried to sue J.K. Rowling. Didn't work. (laughs) That's upsetting. (laughs) You can't sue someone over a coincidental fucking name. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. She probably watched the Troll one night and fell asleep watching it, and then the next day she thought it was she just came in her head. Yeah, it's the fucking balls on him. <laughs> that guy's name is John Smith. My name's John Smith. <laughs> Fuck you all with my money. Oh, that's brutal. That's, right, that's Brad and I don't know what your review is, so this is going to be fun for all of us. Do yeah, I'm do excited. It was not fun for me. Uh, what a world it's the year 3000 uh-huh. Earth, Tell me Earth yes. has been occupied by yes. hyper intelligent physically oh, no. powerful technologically advanced race of aliens for a thousand years and man has been reduced to a tribalistic caveman like endangered species I love he's it. gone and done it he's gone and done it this is Battlefield Earth yes <laughs> the madman actually did it <laughs> Uh, Starring John Travolta, Forrest Whitaker, Barry Pepper of Saving Private Ryan and The Green Mile, and Kim Coates of Sons of Anarchy fame. Oh, I didn't know Forrest Whitaker was in it. Yeah. Directed by Roger Christian, who was the assistant director for Star Wars Return of the Jedi and The Phantom Menace. And written by J.D. Shapiro, who wrote Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That premise with these people- plus a $73 million budget, are bound to make a good movie, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not creative enough to (laughs) adequately describe just how bad Battlefield Earth is. (laughs) So, let me give you some quotes from the professional critics. (laughs) Like taking a bus trip with someone who has needed a bath for a long time. It's not merely bad, it's unpleasant in a hostile way. (laughs) I watched it in mounting gloom, realising I was witnessing something historic. A film that for decades to come will be the punchline of jokes about bad movies. (laughs) A cross between Star Wars and the smell of arse. It may be a bit early to make such judgments, but Battlefield Earth may well turn out to be the worst movie of this century. (laughs) A million monkeys with a million crayons would be hard-pressed in a million years to create anything as cretinous as Battlefield Earth. (laughs) 2.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 9 out of 100 on Metacritic, 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a D-plus on CinemaScore. Battlefield Earth is legitimately the worst movie I have ever seen. (laughs) Every single aspect of this movie is garbage. Plot, 
dialogue, character development, acting, directing, cinematography, set design, costumes, makeup, music, special effects, stunts, choreography, lighting, sound, fucking everything. This movie has no saving grace. Absolutely nothing worth watching for. I've talked before about movies that are bad from a technical filmmaking point of view, but are still fun to watch. Battlefield Earth is not one of those movies. It just fucking sucks, the whole thing. If I weren't forced to watch it for the podcast, I would have turned it off after the opening scene. All right. But I sat through the whole fucking two hours of it for you pricks. If this episode gets us 10,000 new listeners, I'll still feel like that time was wasted. <laughs> so how did this piece of shit get made? Well- like most evils in this world, Scientology is to blame. <laughs> Battlefield Earth is based on a novel of the same name written by L. Ron Hubbard. John Travolta, a notable Scientologist, has always wanted to make a movie based on one of Hubbard's novels. Despite being thrown out of numerous studios, it was eventually picked up by Franchise Pictures, a studio started specifically to help actors get their pet projects made. It's worth noting that Franchise Pictures went bankrupt shortly after Battlefield Earth's release. <laughs> Not surprising, as the movie only made $29.5 million at the box office. That's a loss of over $40 million, including several million of Travolta's own money and undoubtedly some from the Church of Scientology as well. <laughs> this was supposed to be the next Star Wars. It has certainly left its mark on cinema history, but not for the same reasons. <laughs> Fucking Tom Cruise told Travolta not to make this movie. <laughs> Loyal oh. listeners will recall me talking about the hilariously bad Double Team starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman and how it was so bad that it got three Razzies. Battlefield Earth has nine. <laughs> wow. Worst picture, worst director, worst screenplay, worst actor, worst supporting actor, worst supporting actress, worst screen couple, worst drama of the Razzie's first 25 years, and worst picture of the decade. I don't know how to make it any clearer. <laughs> this movie is dog shit. <laughs> If you sat me down to watch a sci-fi movie starring John Travolta and directed by George Lucas's protege, I'd be excited. And I think that's what really adds insult to injury here. By all rights, this should be a good movie. This isn't some independent C-list piece of crap that you expect to suck. You have a bunch of good actors, a good writer, a good premise, and a good budget. It should be a good movie. But it isn't. It's bad. Offensively bad. <laughs> I feel bad for having watched it, and I hope everyone involved in its production is deeply ashamed of themselves. <laughs> it's not often that you get such a bad movie with such a high budget. It's so... F I know! That's the thing. That's, that's, the that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like Troll 2, where it's just some guy from Italy trying to make a cheap movie and just hired, like, 200 a grand. bunch of- Cost 200 grand. <laughs> yeah, 200 grand. Like, fuck. Mm. It's not like that. Like, you-, you hear that and you expect that to be bad but it's got fucking john travolta he was fresh out of pulp fiction when they made this like Ooh. the director helped direct star wars <laughs> it was 74 that bad. million dollars and that they bad. made the worst movie ever well, no, <laughs> it's, it's 
so funny. Boys wanted to see tribal humans fly jets. Have you seen it, Brad? Uh, oh, you've seen, seen it, Brad? I've seen it, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. So, so Brad's, Brad's alluding to one scene where... So, we're, we're talking tribal, like... So like, humans uh, are basically cavemen again. Like they're using sticks and fucking spears and shit. Like Planet of the Apes shit. Oh. Yeah, like Planet of the Apes. They speak perfect English, but they also make a lot of like hoots and monkey noises and stuff. They're always yeah. like, ooh, 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 ah. <laughs> so yeah. that that doesn't make sense for a start. But they break into uh, Fort Hood <laughs> and they find a bunch of like tanks and fucking harriers and stuff like that. Yeah, harrier jackets. Presumably, you would have thought maybe the US military would have used them to fight off the alien invasion. It's uh, too quick, mate. No, I guess. Well, yeah, it was according to uh, John Travolta's character, Turl, mm-hmm. the humans only were able to fight the aliens off for nine minutes. Um, wow. Anyway, <laughs> so they break into Fort Hood and they find all these tanks and jets and shit. And they also find a, a years flight old. simulator for- <laughs> Yeah, a thousand years old, still in working condition. They also find a flight simulator um, that teaches people how to use, how to fly these these Harriers. Yeah. And these tribal people who have never, like, they've never so much as seen a fucking car, let alone, like, the concept of flight to them is completely foreign. <laughs> they jump in this flight simulator and suddenly they're fucking fighter pilots. It's got a whole squadron of pilots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lachlan, they're they're under enslavement. How do they find the time to do this, Lachlan? Oh, man. So, (laughs) the the aliens, the alien race is called the Cyclos, by the way. Uh, They're on Earth basically just to mine gold because- Yeah, they love gold. They got a raging heart on for gold. Yeah, Yeah. that's just what they want. They just want gold. Um, There is a gold deposit in a spot where the aliens can't go because- of the atmosphere or radiation or some shit. They didn't really make it clear. Aliens can't go there. So they think, oh, we'll train up a bunch of people and we'll send them to go mine the gold Mm. for us. So instead of, like, send them there with guards or something, they teach teach the people how to fly their spaceships (laughs) and use their technology (laughs) (laughs) so that they can go mine the gold. Mm. And they just... They just drop them off. They just say, all right, we'll be back in two weeks. You better have mm. the gold. <laughs> so- but do they mine the gold, though, Lockie? They do not mine the gold, Bradley. Oh, what? Instead of mine the gold, they think, hang on, we can save time. We'll just go to <laughs> Fort Knox. <laughs> we'll get all the gold in Fort Knox. And then they'll think we mine the gold. <laughs> what? But the scientists yeah. are pretty smart. They notice that the gold is not coming out in like a raw ore. Nugget form. That's right. It's not raw ore. It's, yeah. it's coming out in bars. And, the, <laughs> the go- and you know, Turl, John Travolta, <laughs> rightly asks, why is it in bars? And uh, Johnny Goodboy, the uh, the main protagonist. Oh, God. <laughs> really? He says, he says, well, you know, I thought you would prefer it in bars. So we, we smelted it into bars. And that's the end of it. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's just so fucking bad. It's such a shitty watch movie. It. I'm gonna watch it. This oh no! Don't. Oh. Honestly, honestly, it's not. It's not like one of those. Oh, it's so bad. It's good. It's just. It's just bad. Like I didn't. Morgan, I didn't laugh. <laughs> I didn't enjoy any of it. I did not enjoy a single part of this movie, and it just pisses me off because John Travolta is a good actor and he's a good villain as well. Um, like you've seen him in fucking Face Off. He was Sword fantastic fish. in that. <laughs> 
Swordfish taking a Pelham one, two, three. Like, he's a good mm. villain. But Grease. it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's just so bad. Uh. Like, I just. I just had this empty feeling inside of me after I finished watching it. I'm just like. Morgan, you have to experience why, it. Why did I sit through that? I'll it's, watch it with you, oh. Brad. Do you want to watch it with me? Oh, I'll watch it again. Yeah. I'll watch Charles oh, again. I absolutely. <laughs> it was like, awful. I, I literally laughed out loud when they got in the Jets. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. The, the other thing is that if. They flew the Jets inside buildings and they were yeah. just like hovering inside buildings <laughs> waiting for the alien spaceships to fly past. This thousand year old technology that didn't last nine <laughs> minutes all of a sudden is part of it. And these people. <laughs> Take back the planet. These people who don't have fucking electricity are flying yeah. them like it's nothing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's in the flight simulator and he goes, oh, it's just like breaking a horse. <laughs> no, it's not just like fucking breaking a horse. It's absolutely like breaking a horse. <laughs> yeah, tame that wild Bronco. Oh, it was so bad. Thousand years and the jet just works fine. Yeah, yep. and they got plenty of fuel and missiles. And- yep, yep. They yeah. got electricity and, oh, good God. Could you imagine what would happen to something if you just left it alone for a thousand years? Anything? Let alone a piece Mate, of machinery. You leave, you leave your car for three months and the motor's going to seize. Like, yeah. <laughs> fuck. But it's not a jet engine, mate, all right? Jesus Christ. Those are simpler than car engines. How much How much money would I have to pay you to watch that movie again and d- oh. dedicate your full attention to it for the two hours? Uh, look, I'd probably do it for 100 bucks, but, you know. <laughs> oh, that's only $50 an hour. That's not good. That's not a good rate yeah. of return. Uh, yeah. He's done worse for fifty bucks an hour. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 very bad, but there's worse things I could be doing for fifty bucks an hour. So. <laughs> yeah, we used to work together, Lachlan. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> How much would you have to get paid to watch this movie with your full attention every day for a year? Oh, oh good oh. god! Oh, that'd be high. Um. Every day for a year, 365 times. 365 times 100 is 36 and a half grand. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe $100,000. I think that's fair. I think you would go actually insane if you had to watch. I think I would. Any movie. I think I would. Every day for 100. Even something I really enjoyed, yeah. I just, oh no, I'd watch True Lies every day for fucking, I'd do it for free. You'd do it. I'd pay someone to let me watch True Lies every day. (laughs) Fucking find two hours free. I'd be watching True Lies. Oh, uh, true lies. What no, I forgot to mention. You, you guys, you, do you guys remember in that Simpsons episode how uh, I can't remember what the context is, but Homer has Lisa editing a video and he wants to star wipe everything. Yeah, like yeah. every yeah. every scene star transition is like, star wipe, star wipe. This happened in Battlefield. It's not a star wipe. It's a like it's a wipe from the middle of the screen, and every single oh, scene God. transition is a wipe. It's mm-hmm. the exact same wipe. It's spacey, okay? Apparently, that's what it was. They saw mm. that Star Wars had used wipes in some scene transitions, so they used it for every scene transition. Oh, yep. and the, whole movie, the whole movie is shot at what's called a Dutch angle. So it's like 45 degrees one way or the other. Like, no, there's no straight on shots. Mm. Really? And it just, yeah, it just gives you this really like eerie feeling while you're watching it, just like something's bad going to happen. And something bad does happen. The fucking movie unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> you said you, if you didn't have to watch it for the podcast, you would have turned it off after the first scene. What was so re- yep. repulsive about the first scene that you wanted to turn it off? It was just, 
it was just shot like the way it was shot weird and it's got like a green tinge over the screen and the dialogue was bad and then <laughs> the main character Johnny Goodboy uh, <laughs> come he, he like slides down a hill on a horse hands over this medicine to this woman you assume is his girlfriend and she says the gods took your father in the night and he's already handed the medicine over so there's nothing in his hands he just like turns around and he screams at the sky and goes ah and then he just throws something like there's nothing in his hands but he just throws like he makes a throwing motion <laughs> And it's just... And you said you didn't want to keep watching? That's hilarious. That was was the high point of the movie. Uh, It just goes downhill from there. Oh, wow. He's throwing throwing away the demons, man. It was so bad, Uh, man. I wanted to like it as well. Like, I wanted to be like, oh, yeah, actually, it was okay. You know, because, again, good actors. John Travolta's a good actor. Forrest Whitaker's a good actor. Mm, Barry Pepper... I've never seen any of the movies he was in before, but he was in Saving Private Ryan and The Green Mile. They're good movies. Um, Kim Barry Coates Pepper. is really good in Sons of Anarchy. Hang on. Yeah. Which, who, Johnny, Johnny Goodboy, who, what's his Johnny Goodboy. That's Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper. Yeah, he was the sniper in Saving Private Ryan. He was fucking yeah, sick I haven't, in that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, but- Oh, yeah. we got bigger problems then. <laughs> One would assume- How have you fucking not seen Saving Private Ryan? Actor. Apparently, uh, Barry Pepper and Forrest Whitaker have since- both expressed their regret for being in Battlefield Earth. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you haven't seen Saving Pro, Ryan. I'm, I'm appalled at you. Anyway, very, very bad movie. I would not recommend anyone watch it, even as a joke. It's just a waste of time. I'll watch it with you. So, it, it, it just uh, it doesn't have any of that so bad it's good. So it's, nah, it's got no redeeming factors. Oh, See, I, I think know. Troll 2, as bad as Troll 2 was, and the first time I watched it, it was just really, really unpleasant and really mm. um, confusing and really odd and disturbing. Um, the second time I watched it, it was kind of funny, and I did kind of enjoy it a little mm. bit the second time. But the first, maybe, the first time I was maybe, like, no. Maybe if I watched it again and I was like really drunk, I might. Oh, it's definitely it. a few know. drinks movie for sure. The other, the other thing about it yeah, is it's like two hours. nine or ten. Two hours is a fucking long time to watch a shitty movie. Yeah, uh, it's all it's all worth it for the ending. Uh- oh, <laughs> and and sorry, Morg, spoilers. At the end, they 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 defeat the Cyclos oh. by teleporting to their planet with one nuke. <laughs> they got from Fort Hood. Yeah. And that just vaporizes the whole fucking planet. It's a very unstable planet. Wow. <laughs> well done. I don't think you understand. Unstable people who made the fucking movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad, uh, Brad, do you want to hit us with the big enchilada? The, uh, yes. The <laughs> pinnacle the of the movies. The big enchilada. The Room. 2003. What do I say about The Room, boys? For anyone who hasn't seen it, watch it. And for everyone who has seen it, you know where this is going. (laughs) I'm going to break this up into two parts. The movie itself and the men behind it. Because as 2017's Disaster Artist shows us, their story is just as interesting, if not more so. Alright, so. The Room is without a doubt one of the most confusing and pointless movies ever made. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Directed, written, produced, and starring Tommy Wiseau, the film's <laughs> plot is riddled with pointless characters, go-nowhere side stories, and red herrings. The story follows a successful banker, Johnny, 
and his girlfriend Lisa as their seemingly perfect relationship begins to crumble due to her infidelity with Johnny's best friend, Mark. How do you know he's his best friend, though? It's very obvious. <laughs> Same like 10 times in the movie. <laughs> yes. You're my best You're friend. You're my best friend. <laughs> Mark is played by Tommy Wiseau's IRL best friend, Greg Sestero. <laughs> Uh, along the way, we're introduced to some of the most pointless. Cra- some uh, ah, we're introduced. I'm having a wise moment here. Introduced to a host <laughs> of pointless characters who all seem to worship the ground Johnny walks on. The story throws twist after twist at us, and we're privy to awkwardly long and intense sex scenes, a dramatic <laughs> drug dealer bust, and some simple tuxedo football. I won't spoil the ending for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but I have to say, <laughs> it might be the greatest ending of all time in cinema. Hands down. <laughs> Despite the fact that the movie is pointless and so confusing, it will take multiple watches just to work out the main storyline. It is fantastic. Wazo and sister dreamed of being movie stars and decided to just go out and make a movie. It's blatantly obvious they've never written, directed, or acted before, but it gives the movie heart. The awkward pacing and horrible dialogue are hilarious and endlessly quotable, and at the end of the day, that's what the audience connected with the movie was released in 2003 with an estimated budget of six million dollars and it grossed a respectable 1800 dollars at the box office (laughs) (laughs) people at the opening night were seen to be leaving less than 30 minutes into the film and demanding their money back (laughs) this is the premiere opening night one with tommy wiseau and the entire cast and crew there there was people walking out of that screening despite being a commercial and critical flop the legend of this movie grew, and and its cult status is the reason we are here more than 15 years later still talking about it. So, who are the men who created this masterclass in terrible filmmaking? <laughs> the shorter answer is, there's a lot we don't know. Greg Sestero, <laughs> who plays Mark in the room, is Wiseau's best friend in film and in the real life. He's fairly open about his past, releasing a book called The Disaster Artist, detailing his experience of making the film, as well as his experiences with Tommy. But even to him, Wiseau's life is a complete and utter mystery. Tommy Wiseau is quite literally an international man of mystery. His (laughs) thick and unusual accent lends to him being born somewhere in Europe, but Wiseau denied this up until 2017, when he finally (laughs) conceded he grew up in Europe a long time ago. (laughs) Because of this, many people have begun to speculate on his age and his place of birth both of which are still unknown. Even stranger is that he financed the entire $6 million production himself, but no one knows how. Wiseau claims he was a very successful leather jacket and real estate business. (laughs) No one can verify that either way. This relative mystery has led to more speculation regarding Wiseau's background, with some even alleging he might be a character I've previously covered on the podcast. None other than D.B. Cooper himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's not true, though, I don't think. Could be, but not. Uh, (laughs) Strangest strangest yet is what did Tommy Wiseau do with himself before pursuing acting? He claims to have grown up in France and then Louisiana before moving to Los Angeles, but his entire story about his background is so wild and out of left field that it would lend itself perfectly to another scene in The Room. Despite all this mystery, there's one thing that is undisputed. The unusual duo created one of the greatest cult movies of all time, 
a movie so bad that it's good enough to spawn a Hollywood adaptation of the making of the film. In summary, the movie is stilted and jarring, poorly acted and written, filled with gratuitous sex scenes and horrible dubbing, but despite all that, it's unbelievably fun. Fun to watch, fun to quote, and fun to hang shit on. I cannot recommend this movie enough. The first time I watched it, I almost shit myself laughing, and I still go back and watch. I still go back and watch this every year or so. It's been said before, but Wiseo and Sestero, or Sestero, set out to make another cookie-cutter drama flick and missed the mark so hard they made something infinitely better. The greatest cult movie of all time. 10 out of 10 changed my life. <laughs> so, uh, both of you guys seen this? I'm pretty, I know Morgan has. I haven't, no. I've seen The Disaster Artist, but I haven't actually seen The Room. Did the, we watch the Disaster it Artist. Yeah, yeah, we've watched it together. I've watched it with so many people now. I've literally told heaps of people to watch it. I think maybe made- maybe the three of us need to get together and watch all three of these movies back to back. Oh, <laughs> we've got to end on the room. I'll though. do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Probably kill ourselves afterwards. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd do it. I'll be down. I'll be down. Um, we can live but- stream it for the listeners. No, <laughs> the, the <laughs> thing is that on them. Uh, for anyone who's just seen the Disaster Artist, it's a um, James Franco does an excellent. Tommy Wiseau impersonation. He's very much like spot on. I know he spent a lot of time with Tommy Wiseau as well to get his. I have accent. read that the the scenes that they recreate are very um very like, spot on. Yeah. Mm. Um, he even looks, he even gets the way he walks and the way he moves, very very similar. Because Tommy Wiseau is just a weird fucking dude. Like there's oh, no other so way to weird. put it. He's a very creepy man. Yeah, he's like twenty years older than Greg Sestero, who's like a good look. Well, was a you know really good looking dude. In his prime. Um, but he just claimed to be the same age as him. And Greg's like, yeah, it's quite obvious that we're not the same age. You're probably about 20 years older than me. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever, I'll just go with it. Um, and he just has all this fucking money out of nowhere. And he said he used to work, walk down on the Los Ange- in Los Angeles on the boardwalk, like doing like blow up animals for kids and shit. Like, like he- he's just a weird <laughs> fucking dude. Um, but he- all he ever talks about is everyone being happy and, you know, loving yourself and so, I don't know, he's not hurting anyone, but he's just he's, fucking weird. He's a positive guy. Mm. I just, I love it that the movie is, you know, he he funded it, he directed it, wrote it, starred in it, all this stuff. Like, it's, they call this sort of movie a jerk-off piece, where it's somebody just making a movie about themselves, oh, for yeah, themselves, absolutely. just to say how great they are. But not only that, his character in the movie is the same in the sense that everybody loves him. So, he's like, he's even yeah. made his own character- someone that everybody loves because like he goes into the store yeah. and the woman says you're my favorite customer and everyone keeps yeah. saying like oh you're such a great guy and you know you helped yeah. out this these kids and stuff <laughs> like that like even his character is perfect as well it's just it's so weird that he's just like, he must be so in love with himself or something yeah his, his character is literally a successful baker like it's pumped like pumped up you're like they talk about how successful he is in the movie he makes a lot of <laughs> like money you're such a successful banker yeah and it's like what that's such a weird thing to say unless you're trying to pump someone up like uh it's just it's great it's perfect and it's also it's also like a similar sort of thing about um foreigners not really getting america and like the constantly throughout the movie it's all about him getting a promotion and his girlfriend's mm. not impressed with him because he didn't get a promotion and stuff like that. It's like, mm. <laughs> it's like why the American is- capitalist dream. <laughs> yeah, but he's just like, oh, in America, they care about promotions. If my character doesn't get a promotion, <laughs> the girlfriend won't love him anymore. Like, exactly. <laughs> it's so strange. That's how it goes for me. <laughs> if you go 
got a capitalist girlfriend. He obviously he must have grown up on like American sitcoms or something because mm. that's like a big that's a big trope in uh, that sort of media. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. He's just taken it from that without understanding it. Oh, mm. Yeah, it's so weird. And well, all the sex scenes. I mean, tell us about the sex scenes. Yeah. Bro. Oh, those sex scenes are so gratuitous. Within the first twenty minutes, I think there's three sex scenes, and and one of them goes for like seven minutes. It's. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you as well. And it's just like close-ups of Wizo's bare ass. <laughs> and like, to his credit, he's fucking shredded. Yeah. Like, dude is ripped. But yeah, it's just all these disgusting close-ups and close-ups that they're making out and he's completely naked and you can just see his ass. And like, <laughs> according to the Disaster Artist book, he just made everyone super uncomfortable with the filming of it. <laughs> And the girl almost quit because, you know, they were, she, he was like laying on her, on top of her for hours at a time. And they were like covering him in water, like to make him look like they were sweating. <laughs> and like, oh. it's just disgusting, but it's so great at the same time. <laughs> like, and it, it is total jerk off porn for Tommy Wiseau. Like, he just <laughs> wants everyone to love how great he is. And that, I mean, he made, he, he paid for it. Fuck, he can do what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's that sort of like, uh, thing about him not really understanding what these scenes are because in movies like in action movies and stuff they have similar sort of scenes except they're a lot shorter and they they like you know it's about two characters becoming intimate but they have like those tropes of like the the you know translucent blinds or whatever you know there's like see-through blinds in there yeah, next to the yeah, bed the yeah. curtains and stuff like that like flapping in the breeze a little bit and like the slow motion and stuff so he's just like i'll just do that and i'll do it for seven minutes for no reason <laughs> <laughs> not understanding at all oh it's yeah. so weird it is yeah it's like an 80s you know like 80s sex scene but you know an 80s yeah, sex scene yeah, for like yeah. 10 seconds whereas this goes for like seven minutes it's just <laughs> awkward um the music's fucking lit though like it's hard saxophone and then it goes into like funky electronic like jazz it's fucking awesome they nailed everything it's like the perfect storm of shit to make (laughs) great um and and i think the best part about the entire movie is the acting and the dialogue like all of the actors are amateur um and none of them can deliver a decent line because it's written so poorly (laughs) <laughs> I think there's one performance in the entire movie that I was like, this is a respectable performance. Per- performance. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, and that was the drug dealer Chris R. And he's in the movie for about a total of a minute and a half. <laughs> Steals a show. Yeah. And he just, he's got that real intensity. Like, I think he thought this might be his big break. And it just, it just wasn't. <laughs> If it was another movie and he gave that performance, maybe it could have been. Maybe, maybe, but he's he's not going to get any work. That's the problem. (laughs) No one's going to see it. It's funny though because he's uh, accidentally, you know, found himself in one of the greatest cult movies of all time. It's not going to get him any work, but he'll be remembered as Chris R, the drug dealer. Um, Yeah, but yeah, like like I said. that's one of the scenes in the movie. There are so many like side plots that don't go anywhere or just come up Mm. out of nowhere, and then. You know, and never mentioned of again. Like when the mom is all like, the mom's like, I got the test results. I definitely have cancer. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> it's never come up again. <laughs> yeah, it's never brought up again. She's she's sitting there having, it's it's Lisa's mother. She's sitting there. She's having tea or coffee with her daughter, and she goes, "I'm I'm dying." And and she's like, "Oh, you're overreacting, mom." And she's like, "Nope, nope. They told me I've I've got breast cancer. I'm definitely dying." And then there's no mention of it for the rest of the movie. That's it. <laughs> Literally, yeah. that's the exact, the exact way the scene plays out. And 
you find out in the disaster artist that he was just like, I want it to be a twist. But he did, Tommy doesn't understand the concept of a twist. It has to go somewhere. You can't just throw it in there. So he, he, he does that throughout the movie. He just throws in twists. Like, they've got a young... They, he considers him like a younger brother character, Denny. And it turns out Denny owes a drug dealer tons of money and almost gets killed. Yeah. But it just comes from nowhere. Just a regular M. Yeah, Night Shyamalan. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan ding dong. He confuses twists <laughs> with like, <laughs> like uh, side plots that don't go anywhere. It's just like, why don't we include a 30 second scene that doesn't match anything else in the movie? What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! Um, but yeah, it, it ends endlessly quotable. So I've prepared a few samples here of some of the. This is actual dialogue from the movie. Okay, Lachlan. Um, okay, you may have heard Legitimately. it. Uh, I think a lot of people have. So if you could play the one called Wiser Acting first. Twerking as a busboy in a hotel, and uh, uh, <laughs> she was sitting drinking her coffee, and she was so beautiful. And I say hi to her. That's how we met. <laughs> was, was that actual dialogue from the movie or that's was that the, an interview? That's actual dialogue from the movie. So that, <laughs> that is Tommy, or Johnny in this case, describing how he met Lisa. Uh, and that <laughs> is how... Like, that didn't sound like movie dialogue at all. <laughs> that is how he delivers pretty much every line in this movie when he's talking. It's very deadpan, oh, it's a weird accent, and he's just... That, that's, that's just him. That's, that's his peak acting ability right there. Um, they call so him One Take uh, Tommy. <laughs> if you could play, you're my favourite customer here. This is one of my favourite scenes. <laughs> hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> what? Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Here you go. Keep the change. What? Hi, doggy. You're my favourite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Hi, doggy. <laughs> that, hi, doggy. That dialogue was added in post, surely. That was dubbed over. Oh, yeah, yeah. That didn't pretty play much, out. Pretty much oh, all of this dialogue oh, has been They filmed the whole scene, presumably, in. without any audio at all, and then they just had him, you know, he dubbed it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, so basically- That's, that's outrageous. After, after the movie was filmed, he dubbed in himself- by his own choice, he wasn't happy with what he sounded, so he dubbed in a lot of audio. So that scene there is entirely <laughs> dubbed in, and not dubbed in well. It doesn't match up no. with his mouth. Um, and I, he added in new lines because his head was turned away, um, and that's why it's really rushed towards the end because he turns away from the counter and she goes, you're my favourite customer. She's not on screen, so he got someone to dub that in. Uh, and then it just shows Christ. off how much he wanted everyone to love him. You know? Yeah. And he's like, oh, hi, doggy. And everyone uh, who says him is one of the most quotable lines. Now, if you could um, if you could play, oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. This, this line here is classic. one of the That's most quotable. It's like there's a memed line um, because he says it throughout the movie all the time. Like whenever they want to introduce Mark, his best mm. friend, he'll just like look off to oh, the hi, screen Mark. and go, oh, hi, Mark. He says it like <laughs> six times. Uh, <laughs> you can play I did not I did not hit her It's not true It's bullshit I did not hit her I did not <laughs> Oh hi Mark <laughs> So in this scene Tommy has walked up onto the roof Of his apartment And he is upset Because Lisa has accused him Of beating her He did not okay. He did not no, he, I did he not 
And that seven seconds clip apparently took them like three or four hours of filming to get him because <laughs> he had trouble delivering the line and it ends. <laughs> yes, he did. That was the best day. <laughs> so it's one of the most quoted uh, lines for it. Now we'll move on to the most quoted one, I think. Okay. And that would be tearing me apart there. You are lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> now Tommy has range. As an actor, and that is him yelling at Lisa for lying about him beating her. I feel it, like, deep, (laughs) deep inside my soul. And his delivery is spot on. And now (laughs) we'll go to my personal favourite line that I don't think a lot of people skip over. Could you play bitch for me? In a few minutes, bitch. That is such a weird line. So Tommy's hiding out in his bathroom and Lisa asks him to come out. And that is his response. <laughs> I get told. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, you notice that he has a lot of range and his voice mm-hmm. definitely changes in pitch between pretty much all of those. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just a oh, it's just a fantastic movie. And Tommy Wiseau is just a fantastic guy, in my opinion. He uh, is a real go-getter. I think, look, I think obviously I'm going to go armchair psychologist here, but I think probably as a child he didn't have a lot of friends, didn't mm. feel very valued, so he grew up. You know, he just wanted people to like him. He's just a nice guy, wants to make a lot of friends. Uh, yeah. So somehow he got together fucking $6 million to make this movie and he mm. just, uh, you know, played out his own little fantasy, which, well, which I, he's think, got is, a I think that's fun. Successful leather jacket business. That's um, right. And you too could have a successful <laughs> leather jacket business if you follow <laughs> the words of the man himself. So I went back and found in a Reddit AMA he did a couple of years ago. Oh, good oh, God. Yeah. Yes. Nice. And all of the responses are instant goal, but one of them just stuck out to me and it, it touched me. Someone asked him, Tommy, how do you make your millions? To which he responded, okay, that's a good question. I'm going <laughs> to read this verbatim as well. Okay. Well, first of all... Can you, you do his at- voice? I can't. I wish I could. <laughs> no one can. If you look no at back- Well, first of all, if you look at background, you work hard, you make money. <laughs> it's no secret, okay? You work very hard, you make money. Well, I work very hard, 24-7, several... <laughs> 24-7, several days a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, the specific, and the specific how I make monies will be in book The Disaster oh. Artist by Tommy Wiseau when I write Jesus. it soon yes Christ oh nice so, I hope that's amazing you can achieve your dreams if you work hard 24-7 several days a week <laughs> several days a week and I'll, I'll be pleased to pleased to announce that he has a new movie coming out this month. Oh, really? Called The Big Shark, and it is Tommy Wiseau meets Sharknado. Oh, oh wow! Good God, I didn't know that. Sounds amazing. Mm, I, I there's no actual release date; it just says September 2019, and I have been looking everywhere for that oh, release date. Oh, baby! But I am excited. So yes, that's the room. And um, I know Morgs, you you've seen it. What what's your favorite scene? I'm putting you on the spot uh, a bit here. 
No, definitely when he goes to pick up the flowers and like the the rush dialogue, the fact that it's so obviously dubbed, and then he's walking past and he sees a dog and he pats it, but it's not enough that he just pats a dog on his way out. He has to say hi, doggy. It's just, <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> and oh hi, doggy. The, the, uh, the best that's the best meme scene of all is when he goes, "You're tearing me apart, Lisa," because his physical acting in that scene is amazing as well. He's just like such a broken person, <laughs> and he's just like screaming <laughs> at the sky. It's just, oh, it's it's amazing. So yeah, anyone who hasn't seen it and Lachlan knew as well, go out and watch yep. it. It's beautiful. It will change your life. Could you imagine what it would have been like for the people in the cinema on the premiere night, and they thought they were watching a like an indie art house movie that was like, you know, this guy's pet project. He saved up all his money himself to make it. It's going to be like this amazing piece. <laughs> and then they just see that fucking piece of shit. It would have been so confusing. <laughs> well, he spent, he spent thousands, if not hundreds of thousands on advertising because he was renting billboards in LA in like very prominent places. And it was billed as a dramatic movie. Yeah. And it just turned out to be fucking hilarious. Well, it's and incredibly even the, dramatic. Even the poster for the movie is so fucking weird. It's just his, like, it's just his face, like, close up. Not attractive at oh. all. It's so mm. creepy. Not to be mean he to has him. A, his, his face, it, it's like his skeleton is not the shape of a normal person's skeleton. <laughs> like, it, like, his bone structure in his face is really weird. It's like someone who'd had a human describe to them how to dig at making a human face. <laughs> Um, and I don't mean yeah, that in a mean way. He's, it's not like he's ugly, but he kind of looks melted. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's got extra stuff under his skin. That, mm. Like it's, he's lumpy. Yeah. But dude was ripped in the movie. Though. He looks European, but he looks like double European, you know, it's just extra European. <laughs> <laughs> double Euro. Ah, oh, shit. It, yeah. It's a great movie. And I really, I, it's got a sp- spot in my heart. I just. I love it. Fantastic movie, obviously. Um, yeah, I agree <laughs> with Brad. Concur completely. If you haven't seen it, go out and watch it, and just prepare to for it to be weird. Um, all right, yeah. <laughs> Brad, do you want to? <laughs> yeah, do don't your- don't give up on it. Just keep watching it. It's so good. <laughs> do you want to do your power rankings, Brad? I do. Brad, power ranking. Oh, Morgs is getting nude. <laughs> That's a lot of chest there. <laughs> I just have to rock out to that song. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Get oh, loose. don't do your buttons back up. Come no, on, no, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so. Let's get, let's get weird. This week, boys, my power rankings are also a bit of a PSA, if you will. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, for, for our listeners, we, we were supposed to record this last night, but I was delayed. <laughs> By 24 hours, because I had a near-death experience, which has influenced my power rankings this week. Oh, uh-huh. okay. So, this week, it's top five worst Chinese takeout places in Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, last night, I rested on some uh, Chinese and almost shit myself to death. So, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing a PSA. You're looking quite trim today, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I should be. <laughs> um, so we'll get into it. Number five. No, I. Oh, sorry, sorry. Before we get in, I want to clarify. This is opinion. All right. <laughs> so you can't. It's okay. not fucking. Fact. It's, it's, fact, it's not right? fact. It's it's not it's not slander. It's not defamation. It's an opinion. No, this is All just right? a power ranking instead of a Yelp review. You know, come on. Yeah. 
Exactly. Everyone's so, allowed to express their opinion. Exactly. Don't sue us. Fuck you. All right. Number five. Palace of the Orient. Okay. Let's start off by clarifying. These guys are not on the list because of their underwhelming food. No. They committed a much graver sin. And that is shithouse seating. You all know <laughs> that fucking restaurant where you're packed in just slightly too close. Yeah. The night is immediately fucking ruined. I'm not sure if they've improved the layout since. And frankly, I don't want to fucking know. If you're you're on my shit list until I receive a phone call apologizing for, your, <laughs> for how uncomfortable you made me feel. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, you definitely only get takeaway from Palace of the Orient. Mm. All right, number four, Le Thai Chef. Oh, now this one isn't to do with the food either. I've had this place a few times, and it was decent. It's all about the fucking name. What <sighs> the actual fuck, Le Thai Chef? Like, I just I don't fucking get it. There's no French food. It's not some French fusion, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Explain your name to me, but until then, fuck you and your hideous pink restaurant. Yeah, it's bright pink. It's bright. It's fucking ugly as sin. Also, it's not Chinese. It's Thai. You said worst Chinese places. Yeah, they do some. It's all no, the same. No, I, just fuck, I just fucking hate them. Um, <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I hate that place. My mum mm. loves it. We, we go there for a birthday every year. I mm. fucking hate that place. Mm. Number three, Manbo. What? Listen, guys. My insides are not your guinea pig. <laughs> Young me was stoked, stoked to go here with my dad, and your deep-fried ice cream blew my fucking mind. Oh, baby. But the explosion of shit that followed was not worth your physics-defying ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right? So, shit list. Number no, two. Mambo Tower is great. It's Mambo Restaurant now. It's not even Mambo Tower. So, number All two. Right. Bangkok Street Thai. Okay, so these guys are not technically Chinese either. But <laughs> Technically. Not technically. <laughs> they, d- they basically are, but not technically. If you want to get technical, let me, about let me finish, it, assholes. Thais and Chinese are a little different. If you want to get, they're not technical. technically Chinese, but they did blow my ass out like one. So close enough. <laughs> Last time I went there, they burnt my asshole into oblivion. When I asked for the non-spicy dish off your fucking menu. <laughs> Don't hit me with the heat like Satan's ballsack, you cunt. Oh, God, it probably wasn't spicy at all, and you're just a pussy, Brad. I know you can't deal with spicy food. I couldn't wipe it hurt that bad. Fuck. <laughs> just saying. Just Someone saying. accidentally sprinkled some pepper on it from a nearby plate or something. Yeah. Fuck you. No, I wasn't the only one who thought it was hot. Because ha- I'd eaten there before. They had a non-spicy and a spicy version. I asked for spicy, I mean non-spicy, and they gave me a fucking spicy. I could see the chili in it. They fucked me. <laughs> Oh. Anyway. Not technically Chinese. You're such though. a bitch, Brad. That brings me to number one on our list. Tasty Asia. Oh, These that's cunts good. are responsible for my latest near-death experience. It's changed me as a man. <laughs> my insides were outside of me, and I spent the better part of last night begging for death. You know that shit that burns because it's all stomach acid and your sphincter has been oh, worn out yeah. to the point of rupturing? Oh. <laughs> that was yep. my life yesterday. In my humble and legally allowed opinion, give this place a miss unless you're on a crash diet. <laughs> that is my power rankings. Fuck you, can Tasty I, Asia. Can I add uh, an honorary uh, rank to All your right. power rankings? Rank? Okay. If, if ag- an honorary rank. Okay. Um, yeah. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Or dishonorable uh, mention. Honorable. Yeah, definitely dishonorable. Mandarin Court, uh, High Street, Belmont. Uh, okay. That Never place gave me the worst food poisoning I've ever had in mm. my fucking life. I was sick for four days mm. after eating there. The, the Chinese is such a hit and miss, man. You gotta, mm. 
Because it's been, sometimes you get them when it's fresh, and then other times it's been sitting there for like six hours. Yeah. And they're just like, just fucking sell it. And I think that's yeah, what happened to me yesterday. I chanced it's it. It's Russian roulette. I went later in the day because I was like, it was Chinese it was that, Russian roulette. Yeah. It was in that weird period before dinner, but after lunch, you know? Uh, and I was like, yeah. I'll pick something up, have that for dinner, and I just regretted it. Mm. I like to roll the dice, but I shouldn't be a gambling man. Well, uh, speaking of Chinese food, uh, my fiance and I, Shannon, went for um, some, <laughs> this guy. some dumplings yesterday in Box Hill, which I think is technically uh, a region of China. And um, it was... What, Box Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it was delicious. So, um, yeah. butt's fine. I okay, didn't hurt good. myself at all. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> oh, look at you, fancy, <laughs> fancy pants with your unsplit sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've had any bad experiences with uh, Chinese food in Melbourne. Maybe oh, it's a you've never had, thing. You've never had dodgy Chinese. Not in Melbourne. Oh, oh in Melbourne. Okay. Look, I, I will give a shout out. Best Chinese in Geelong. Always consistent. Never shit myself. Poon and Wong's. Uh, in Geelong West. Unfamiliar with them. It's a fucking institution. It's been there for like 20 years and they always make their shit fresh. It is... Mwah, mwah. Soup, it's expensive, but so is Chinese. So. If Chinese is almost killing you guys all the time, maybe you should just stop eating Chinese. <laughs> no, it was, just, it was just one time it made me sick. Okay. Uh, no, it, it, it's I don't go I, to that place anymore. I try I try to different places and, you know, you know. I should just stick to Poon Wong's. I know it's good, but uh, it's like the other side of Geelong for me now. You're living on the edge, man. You're risking it. Mm. I do. Well, I'm glad that a, a very small percentage of our listeners uh, will find that information useful because <laughs> it's specific <laughs> only to the area in uh, which two of us live. As a PSA, it hits a small number of people, but I think on a, on a broader <laughs> topic, a lot of people can relate. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, can relate to a dodgy so. Chinese. All right. Uh, anyway, back on topic with our bad movies, I just want to uh, mention as well. Nothing but trouble uh, with uh, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, and uh, Chevy Chase. Those three actors, you'd think it'd be good, but that movie's fucking hot garbage. <laughs> Although that that does kind of get into the like, you know, there is a few laughs in there with how bad it is. That's not like mm. Battlefield Earth, where it's just bad the whole time. It's like it's so bad, it's good. And yeah. Dan Aykroyd is genuinely proud of it, and he thinks it's a good movie. So mm. that's kind of funny. Well, I just like to give a dishonorable mention to any chick flick because they're oh, all that's fucking rude. terrible. Oh, come on, bro. That's not, that's not true. Name a good one. Uh, anything with uh, Sandra Bullock. Time Traveler's Wife. There you go. Miss Congeniality. No, no, no. Okay, no, no. Like a chick comedy. Sorry, my bad. Oh, like yeah. the female Ghostbusters. Let's, yeah, I guess. That was just terrible. Prazman's was like a comedy. Prazman was pretty good. Yeah, it was average. So very average. I like, I like Pitch Perfect. It's anyway, god awful. The thing that everybody needs to remember is that the three movies that we talked about tonight, Troll 2, Battlefield Earth, and The Room, are all exceptional because they are terribly, terribly bad, but not mm. one person in it realized that they were in a bad movie. That, not until it was too late. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah until, not until afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> what a feeling. Yeah. Um, but they didn't realize that they were making a bad movie. And uh, that's what makes a bad movie so bad that it's good, is that the people in yeah. it... Uh, you know, Sharknado was good. Um, it was it was a bad movie. And it was good because a lot of people were thinking like, you know, the people who were doing it were like, yeah, this will be fun. You know, a yeah, bit of, they, bit knew, of a laugh. they knew what was going on. It was a bit of... It was, it was you know, tongue-in-cheek, a little on the nose. They, they knew what was going oh. on. But... Uh, Troll 2, Battlefield Earth, and The Room. They were all genuinely amateur, well, you know, actors trying their hardest. 
amateur actors mm. in Troll yeah. 2 and The Room and yeah. professional yeah. actors yeah. in yeah. Battlefield Earth. And it just turned out, you know, as I said, the stars have to align to make mm. a perfect movie. For a movie to be and that the bad, stars have yeah. to be so disaligned that you can get <laughs> such a crappy movie. So, it is, it is so rare to get a, a movie truly awful like that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, Lucky, you want to take us out? Yeah. All right. Take us yep. out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Brad is a Bad Person. Uh, we truly appreciate you listening, and uh, we hope you keep listening to our future episodes. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, you can go back and listen to them. They're, uh, I think they're pretty good. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you want to do that, you can head to bradisbadperson.com. Uh, there's archives, you might say, of all our old episodes. You'll also find links to everywhere you can subscribe to us to make sure that you get our episodes just as soon as they are available every fucking Sunday. Uh, You can also find links to our social media. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Uh, You can subscribe to the Brad is a Bad Person subreddit and uh, discuss our episodes there if you are so inclined. If you'd like to help support the show, uh, buy us a beer, you can jump over to paypal.me slash brad is a bad person uh you can also go there if you want to sponsor an episode uh tell us what your topic is about and uh you can force us to talk about whatever you think we need to talk about we are actively uh, whoring ourselves for money donate a hundred dollars right. so luckily has to watch battlefield earth again <laughs> <laughs> oh, god Please. I'll do it, but I won't be happy about it. <laughs> uh, and if you'd uh, like to help us out in the non-fiduciary sense, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That really helps us out. Tell a friend to listen. Um, yeah, we'd like to say. To we'd like to say, oh hi, friend. Next time uh, someone's over at your house, just put the podcast on uh, on on your speakers, force them to listen to it. Yeah, I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Tie them up uh, if you have to. And. Finally, finally, I just want to give a uh, shout out to Janine over at Stitching Whiskers. Uh, she sent me a lovely hand-stitched portrait of uh, my wife Ash's old dog, Bella. Uh, she did a really good job. And uh, if you'd like to check out her work, she's on Instagram at stitching underscore whiskers. Uh, we we like her on Insta or follow her on Instagram or whatever the terminology is. So check her out through there. Uh, she does fantastic work and she does take commissions. So check her out. Play the bitch clip. <laughs> we'll see you in a few minutes, bitch. Well <laughs> <laughs> done. Yeah, boy. We still got warriors, still be the victorious. See, it's a lot of them, but it's more of us. Still got cash to blow, raps to flow, steal them, catch the low, pack the flow, that's for sure. Bottles to pop, joints to rock, play the background, hand them a jock, hold them a glock, money to get, cost to flip, boss to sit at and sip cognac or juice to drip, hoes to see, make sure they know when it's me. Drop that D, can't believe it.